You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics. My name is Dimitri Vitsa. I'm your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Rock, Paper, Scissors. We're a music tech PR firm. Here on Music Tectonics, we go beneath the surface of music and tech. And as you've probably heard on recent episodes, we're diving deep into some interesting topics for the current worldwide crisis, the self-isolation quarantine that we're all facing. Things like how to do live streaming for the first time, uh, doing remote education, what about remote collaboration, how do you share files across miles, and uh, so forth. And so you've heard us jump into some of those things, and I'm excited today because I've got Amin Abdullah, the CEO of SoundWhale with me to talk about what SoundWhale is doing in that world. Amin, how are you doing today? I'm good, Dimitri. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Thanks for taking the time. I know these are crazy times and everybody's schedules are flipped upside down and you know, every every half of everything you were working on is no longer happening and the other half is all of a sudden urgent and and painful. Yeah. And you know, people are juggling so much stuff. So I appreciate it. You're calling in from Minneapolis, right? Yeah, yeah, in Minneapolis in the studio. It's kind of nice because I have uh I don't think I've been in the studio this long in like 3 years, so it's kind of forcing me to 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 play my synthesizer a little more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, even though it's painful to have to stop everything, redo everything, really like plan how you're going to get groceries and basic supplies, checking in on on relatives and friends more often to make sure they're safe or see how you can help them. There are some interesting benefits that, you know, we that keep coming up in this little mini series that we're doing about how, you know, the things that you took for granted or the things that you used to do that's now been filled up with too much Netflix or gaming or whatever it is, you're like, wait a second, I have some more time now. What were those things again? Yeah, totally, man. Like, it's it, it's a rediscovery, you know, it's just like, wait a minute, stop. I can't do this and this, so let me do those things that I forgot about so, so long ago and just diving deep into being really creative, actually. So I, I feel like it's been really efficient you know, yeah. like I'll, I'll work and then I can just walk down the hall to the studio and and be creative and and I'm cooking dinner a lot. Right. You know, it's, it's been great. You know, I'm like, what? You know, I don't have to eat out all the time. It's been it's been great. I love it. It's almost like the entire world is doing kind of internal searching and reflection and yeah. then instantly has to adjust to it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So um, the cool thing is that your company, SoundWhale, actually is relevant to the topic. Why don't we just kick it off by you explaining what SoundWhale is? Well, it's a, it's a company that focuses on remote collaboration, and we have the software that allows users to... I mean, the, the intention of the software is to feel as if you were in the same room with somebody, you know, being able to... Uh, have that energy that you would with somebody that's just like behind you, you know, telling the engineer what to do and kind of having that that magic that happens. And the 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 real goal was to have uh, something that closes those boundaries and borders with typical remote collaboration, you know. And and now I think we're in a time where we're used to that. We've we've had like Skype and 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 Zoom and all these things around for a while and we kind of know, okay, we can video chat, we can talk to each other, we're used to this, but let's add now a studio element to this um, or an, an audio and video element to this and see if we can take it a step further. And 
that's what what the intention was be to be able to like effectively work remotely without having the lags of you know even email chains and and trading files and things like that just go straight to the process of okay you're in the same room with somebody else and so that's that's the intention and uh it's it's been uh it's certainly a challenge as well because everybody has their own workflow in the studio everybody does something differently and so the software itself is really just like a set of tools and says here you know reach your goal <laughs> like you you can kind of it doesn't like veer you into one direction it's just a bunch of things right. that says okay now now what is your goal now you can you can kind of it, it's a it's a pretty deep software so you have to read the manual a little right. bit you know and, right we'll we'll get into some specifics i'll push you to talk a little yeah. bit more about the workflow and features okay. <laughs> but let's start by why don't you tell yeah. me why you started Soundwale? well it was just due to f uh, sheer frustration and you know we had a lot, I mean, I was, I've been freelancing most of my life and, you know, I bounced around some studios here and there and whether it's freelance or at a studio, there's a lot of situations where the, either the client can't make it or you, you uh, lose some, some clients to like local markets like New York or LA and you can't have an effective collaborative session where trading files and emails isn't enough. You just need to be with somebody on the spot where they say, hey, no, do that again. And you have to like, if you're doing a voiceover, for example, recording a VO, you need to capture the muscle memory of the talent, you know, instead of even waiting like three seconds is too long sometimes. So the intention hmm. was to create something where you can actually direct on the fly and actually make changes on the fly as well in a really easy type. So of wait, what 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 exactly was your background before you did this? I was doing uh, well. I come from music, but I got into post production. So I was mixing for TV and film and at spots for advertising and things like that. So like cutting a ton of EOs and doing mixes. Gotcha. And so you were uh, you were applying audio, or or you were also you were actually actually editing the video as well. No, just the audio side of it. So it was just, you know, basically after picture lock, we would get the mix, you know, and then the, the audio is usually the last in the chain. You know, usually when color correction is happening, they do the mix at the same time. So. All right. I so got gotcha. you. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll get into the workflow. But first, who is the yeah. most common user for Soundwell, either currently or who you built it for or where it's going? Oh, man. Are there multiple users? That's okay, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting question because my intention is is different than what's happening <laughs> well let's so, talk about both what was your intention and then what the intention turned out to be well i mean the intention was to actually accommodate post-production users um because typically we, when you can accommodate a post user doing a post-production mix that's locked a picture you actually encapsulate basically everything that's happening in the studio because it's like top down you know like you do post then you can do music then you can cut vo's so I knew if I could accommodate the post user, I could actually accommodate musicians and people doing like production and things like that. So that was the intention. But after the release, I find like people using it for podcasting and and things that I didn't really like. OK, I, I knew it would be used for that, but I didn't think, OK, you can record two channels that are discrete and separate. So I wasn't thinking like separating interviewer and interviewee, which is how some people have been using it. So that was kind of neat to see that. And then some people using it to stream, we can stream MIDI in it also, but I wasn't really, I don't even know why I added that in, to be honest with you, but people are using it to audition new instruments. Like there's a piano player that's streaming some MIDI to a producer and they're auditioning different instruments, uh, like a pre 
pre-production or pre-composition type thing where where they're feeding those notes either into like a synthesizer or or a patch for like different orchestral instruments and stuff like that so that's been kind of cool that's really cool yeah that just raises all sorts of questions for me but oh anything yeah. else you want to say about who's using it or 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 which of those are, are most commonly using it or is it still too early to even say i mean the the thing is we had like a, a few tiers of use you know we actually separated packages like okay one's going to be for a musician which is free you can stream to each other and and play along with each other and things like that. Uh, and then there's like a more serious user that's recording, uh, like for recording voiceover and things like that. And then there's another level for post-production where you can sync to video. So the intention was to kind of grab all three of those different users. Gotcha. All right, I'm gonna ask my technical question right out of the gate. You're talking about auditioning instruments, plugging in MIDI, doing mm. voiceovers on top of layering on other stuff. What is the story with latency on this kind of remote collaboration? Because it make you're making it sound like you can actually be in two separate locations recording at the same time. Oh, I wish, man. You know, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I think everybody wants, but we really can't transcend you know the the speed of light at the moment and you know we do have latency but it's very minimal so we have settings like to, to be a little more technical we do have settings in our software that eliminates any additional latency that the software adds uh, but you do have to be on a really good connection so for example like if you're in the same city you can have an uncomfortable jam <laughs> you can put it that way you, <laughs> you can certainly write songs with each other and do stuff like that but we we do have a lot of stuff going on with the software. So we do add an additional cushion of buffering in between, which can be removed if the user likes it. But you're talking like ping times, essentially. So my my programmers are in Europe. So when we test, it's about 159 milliseconds of latency. So that that's definitely not enough to jam, but certainly enough to record mm -hmm. or communicate or something like that. So, but if you're in the same city, man, like you can certainly, you know, Right, right yeah. songs together. So does that mean that you guys can play back at the same time and and p person A can can kind of record and play along and person B might have latency, but the, that it's synced up together? So that of course, it sounds yeah. correct? Yeah, that's what's yeah, happening. That's, yeah. that's the way yeah, you're handling for latency? Yeah, exactly. So the, the machines are synchronized so that the Mac users, if they if two people are in different locations with a lot of distance... Like basically if I press play on my machine, it's going to wait for the audio to reach the other machine. Then it'll start playing that machine too. So whatever each person is seeing will be the same thing on either side. So you can play along to what you're seeing, but the, the round trip audio is where you're going to see some, some delays, you know, the stuff that's coming back. So if you're working right. with somebody, like it's a perfect gotcha. scenario for a producer or even a bandmate, if you like, like after the jam, you know, or you want to sit down and talk with somebody and work on your parts. Mm -hmm. It's perfect for that because I could play my bass line or guitar for you and you can kind of play a, a melody along with that. No problem. But it's just like two people working. And, and sometimes it works best like that when you want to sit down and listen to each other's parts and and kind of see what's best for the song, like structuring songs and stuff like that. For musicians, it works pretty good in that way. So let's talk about the workflow, because I know there's a lot mm -hmm. of different features in SoundWhale, um, mm -hmm. and, and there's these different use cases. I don't know. You want to pick one use case and then describe what the workflow is. How does somebody start in SoundWale? What are they doing themselves? What is their collaborator mm -hmm. doing? And then how, how do the features play out? Yeah, man. Uh, I think a good thing to talk about would be the post-production side. Like, for example, a, a mix review, right? Um, and the way that works in the real world is, okay, you, you know, 90 
percent at least maybe even more of the mix should be finished before the client comes in to, to listen to it um, so most of the time you're just working on your own and by yourself and then you know when it comes time to to for the feedback um, you would make a call to somebody your your client or your showrunner producer like you would in, in Skype and at that point they would be connected with you you'd have a video chat uh, and you would both enable like a network synchronization feature so they can essentially kind of just kick back and watch the screen I can control their machine with my mouse clicks and stuff like that like their timeline positions so while I'm editing they'll be seeing the exact same thing on their screen something like that I mean was that too general or did you need more no 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 that's good no so in in this case our are, are you playing back video with audio or you're yeah. just playing back audio yeah, with sound waves? Yeah, basically they would have to open the same video file in their machine that I would have to have. And uh -huh. so once that file is open, wherever I click in my timeline is going to be the same time code in their machine. When I hit play, it's going to play it. you know, on their side as well. So any changes I make will be done on the fly. Anything they need done, they'll stop me in the moment and say, hey, turn this up, turn this down, you know turn that off <laughs> whatever so got it yeah. i see that i see why this is kind of a better use case than jamming yeah. because you're basically you basically have a master file that you have control over but they're watching and so yeah. as you're talking you can say hey why does that pop happen yep. so soon or exactly. that climax is in the wrong place right. or can we switch that part to add that ambient sound back in right there exactly. very specific yep. sound with video you're looking at it you're talking about it you're listening to it all at the same time yeah exactly and that's what's uh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably the main, like the most uh, feature-rich uh, functionality of it. So obviously, you can think of other ways. You know, just recording and and stuff like that is pretty simple. You know, recording over the network and and even ADR. You know, synchronizing, uh, replacing actors' lines and things like that. It's pretty pretty good for that. So this is stuff that you normally would be in the same room to do, or you kind of have to use yeah. some kind of janky solution like, hey, I sent you an edit, listen to it, and then describe how you feel and where you want changes. And then they try to describe it either via Skype or via text email, and then you're trying to find it like, yeah, you're correct, but you're a half a second off or something like that. Yeah. And so you eliminate and that. There's, exactly. And there's two things with that. One is, okay, time. You're wasting time. And two is the, the moment. You know, like we we work with with muscle memory and 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 references and, and things like that. So when something just happens, it's you're you're going to be in tune with the client and whoever you're working with to fix that thing, like a lot easier than having to talk about it. <laughs> you know, for so long and get it like three right. hours later. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. Do you want to do one more like use case, another common type of user or an unexpected user, and how and what what kind of features they're taking advantage of, and talk about the workflow? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. At its, at its most uh, basic, you have a voiceover recording. And that's something that really, you know, it, it's such a simple thing to do, but it's to be able to record like raw uncompressed audio and even have it synced up to picture. Because um, a lot of times, like even though we don't record voiceover in, in too much sync, we still play the picture for the talent just so they're inspired by it and kind of see what's going on. So that's a kind of a nice thing to have in the background while somebody's recording just to kind of get the feel of something or to add a music track and just to get a vibe of something. So you can add like audio, uh, other additional audio files and video when you're recording things and re record along with them and then have something that's really got that emotion and that mood to it while you're seeing, you know, and talking with somebody 
at the same time. So it, it really feels like you're with them in the room in that way when you can add all these different like uh, components and elements to that session like you would just an approachable session just throw in a bunch of tracks or whatever so it's it's pretty good for that and one thing that we do is like a take management system so you don't lose all your files you know you can actually mark the takes that stand out uh, you can actually share takes between users that's a pretty neat thing so a lot of times people go to cloud to be able to you know, save a session in the cloud and see the same offsets of their recordings, right? That's against the picture. What you can do in Soundwell, it's not technically cloud, but say I record something locally and, and you want to hear it, I can share the take and it pops into your timeline instantly with the same offset that I recorded it at so that you can actually see it, you know, uncompressed and raw in your session like that. Because sometimes like we do record over the network uncompressed but due to network issues or wherever you are, sometimes you have to use compression, but this kind of works around that in the way that you can record locally and still have the same experience by trading the file with the other person. So that's kind of a neat thing for recording. That's cool. What other features are there that we haven't talked about, maybe any that you're most proud of or that you think are unique to Soundwell? Um, hmm. I mean, I love the synchronization feature, you know, that's, it just took so long, like you can talk to developers and other people like sync is a bitch, you know, it's really, it, it, it takes a while to achieve and there's many ways to achieve it. And most of the time it doesn't work. So we had to come up with something. It took a long time, you know, to, to synchronize. So you're, you're talking about and, when you're on your device yeah. uh, in your studio and somebody miles away is on theirs but yeah. you're, and they have, the, they have the same file on their actual hard drive, but you're controlling what's happening with their hard drive. That's how you get rid of the latency. Yes. And well, you're controlling their is that, sound. Is that the whale. thing you mean? You're, you're controlling their sound whale, not their hard drive. So... I got you. So basically the sync is like by the time the audio reaches their machine, it synchronizes with their video and also clicking in in my timeline will click in your timeline. So audio and video sync is a funny thing. Like it, there's a lot of drift a lot of times and it just takes a lot of testing and stuff. So I mean, long story short, like when we achieved this, I was like, yeah, we can, we can do something with this. Um, so that's the, I mean, certainly the thing we're most proud of and that's what sets us apart from a lot of other companies that do this kind of a thing. Gotcha. And, and of course, you know, having something that's a little more standalone we're actually i mean in the midst of all this this craziness we've had a lot of feedback and we're going to make our our software more standalone so people don't have to really use a daw with it um of course it's not like a, as good of an editor as pro tools or anything like that but we're we want to make more editing features available so that people that are doing podcasts and things like that can actually use this standalone and then you know export or import into whatever they they like to use for their DAW but just makes it a little bit more convenient yeah yeah so do you do you picture that in the early early stages they'll use your kind of DAW replacement for light edits and to get the communication and, and sync right and then re-export it back out to a DAW to actually uh, optimize it and perfect it yeah absolutely like put it in the DAW use the plugins whatever they want for the mixes um but that's just, you know, if you use it in that stage, like the middle stage when you're doing recording. But for post-production, the mix is finished. You know, you just kind of use it to stream the audio and the video mm -hmm. and, uh, and just kind of view, like a viewing or approval type stage. So it depends on your stage. 
but well, yeah, for sure. What about the said. communication features? Uh, how, how, I mean, I'm sure that's a piece of the, the puzzle here is not only, I mean, you mentioned that there's video uh, chatting, uh, so there's that, but I know you've got like chat commenting as well that's somehow tied to a timeline. What What is that? How does that all work? <laughs> yeah, so we do uh, video chat. It's a simple video chat. Um, you know, when you call somebody, you have the option of adding the video chat or not. And people that have it can see each other and talk to each other in that window. And then there's also a chat. It's kind of set up like Skype or something where you're chatting with somebody, but you can also type to them. You can drop files to them, uh, drop links to them, things like that. Um, and then if you want to actually uh, do timestamped comments, it's not you know anything glamorous, but if you just... If you're typing a comment and you press like a timestamp button, it actually sends the timestamp in the comment that you sent just so people can have a reference of. You don't have to say, oh, at that part after, you know, where the door shuts, whatever, you can just have a timestamp. So it sends you the comment at like basically where the cursor position is and you you send the comment, like you type a text chat to somebody, it sends that time code positions to them within that that text. Got it. Got it. What other features have we not talked about? Oh man, you're making me dig. <laughs> it's you well, know, you know, I noticed on yeah. I, I noticed there's a mobile component. Yeah. Everything we've talked oh, about yeah. pretty much is desktop right. so far, and I know there's a mobile component. And I don't know if it's a replication of of the desktop or whether it's uh, kind of just for certain certain aspects. Yeah, it's the mobile component's just kind of like a streamlined version of desktop. It can't do everything that the desktop version does. Basically, like it's it's really good to work with the desktop components. So if you want to share a mix with somebody like a mix review, you could actually do it to somebody uh, on a mobile phone, like on the iOS version, you can stream your mix to somebody uh, on a phone. You can also stream it with picture um, so that they don't have to have the picture on their side so they can watch a mix. But the latency when you stream the picture is a little bit more just because there's a lot of bandwidth coming in. It's pretty heavy on the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you do mm -hmm. connect like two people on iPhones together, what's kind of cool is we partnered with uh, AudioBus so that you can actually stream from other AudioBus compliant apps like, you know, the, the Minimoog and like all these other synthesizer apps you have. You can actually stream audio from those to your friends and they can hear it, record it and stuff like that. So that's kind of neat. That is fun. Yeah, it's kind of cool like that. So you can basically stream any any audio like from a microphone or a guitar or another app to another user on on iOS or desktop. So this leads to a, a very mobile, very light kind of collaboration like, hey, check out this this piece I'm working on. Start working on yeah. the baseline. Uh, should we talk to the vocalist about this? Um, and, and they instantly are getting to hear stuff in its very raw initial form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very cool. So if someone's doing remote collaboration for the first time, what do you think they should pay attention to? I mean, everyone's in lockdown right now. Maybe they're used to being in, a, in an office studio environment where, you know, they can just call people in, they're doing meetings, they're seeing clients, whatever. Now they can't. What, what do you yeah. think? What's your advice about how you get started? I guess the post-production one's the one that you're most familiar with and that you kind of built this yeah. for. Um, what, what do you suggest there? I mean, I think that's a, that's, a, first of all, that's an excellent question. And I think it's it's a really good one because that's so different for each person's use, whatever they're gonna mm -hmm. do. So I, I suggest highly like first find out what your goal is because there's so many applications and, and things that we're using for remote collaboration, especially with music that do so many things so that when we open it up and just wanna tinker around with it, we don't know 
exactly what we want to do. So first, like you need to have a goal with with what it is that you want, and then then dive in that way and and see how to achieve that because your setup is also going to be different at at home or whatever it is. You know your your inputs and outputs and how they're going to connect to your studio. So all that kind of stuff is really important. But once you figure out what your goal is, you're also your workflow is going to be really different. You know, this a lot of the software kind of just guides you, but I think the main thing is like how how you're going to communicate with somebody like, "Oh, do I want to use, you know, my microphone to talk to somebody or do I want do I want to use like a talkback channel? Uh, do I want video, you know, audio? Like all these kinds of questions are going to be really dependent on, you know, <laughs> what you're wearing first of all <laughs> and and what your what your workflow is. So, um I'm not sure if I quite answered your question. I branched off a little, but like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard to answer that question because because what you're saying is there's a lot of different ways people can be thinking about this this type of remote collaboration. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of thinking like pushing you to think about when you first had to do remote collaboration or you were thinking about building something for remote co- collaboration. What's something that uh, an everyday in person user doesn't realize until after they get a little further along with remote collaboration what's what's an area that they're like wow how are we going to solve that problem yeah yeah that in that kind of a thing it's it it comes down to a lot of the relationship you have with the person you're collaborating with too because if if you have that room you, a lot of times like when you're when you first get into something new there's going to be bumps for for certain no matter what you try to use if it's something new like people yeah you can use video chat and all this kind of a thing pretty easily but when you're adding another element like a studio to it it gets a little bumpy you have to kind of be patient and think okay what is the right way to use this with and the person that you're using it with should be understanding of that also uh so that you you can actually work on a workflow together because it's not just you that's working it's the other person that's on the other end so that's something that, you know, even with developing this and testing this, that was a lot of the issue was, okay, how's, how patient should the person be when, when they're on the other side of this and, and what they're, they're expecting and stuff. So with that kind of knowledge, we, I think a lot of people in this, in this space will refine their workflow and things like that. But it's really like, you know, it, this kind of a thing I could see being a little bit rocky for somebody that does you know if you're just meeting somebody online right and using some of these these softwares you you meet friends online and you collaborate i think this is more geared towards the pro Mm -hmm. where you should kind of know what you're doing and work with somebody that you know or or not you know but at least somebody that understands how to navigate on their side a little bit more so that was the main thing that that you have to come over like nothing is just right out of the box you, you there's certainly a different learning curve to this kind of stuff yeah it's interesting and that's sort of what we're facing right now is people suddenly having to rethink their workflow anyway which is one of the things that's interesting about thinking about remote collaboration is before you would do it if you absolutely had to and now you do absolutely have to and so it it takes some adjustment to think about the flow and and you you kind of have to slow down a minute to to think about how how you're going to do everything um given that we're in this kind of worldwide self-isolation work from home situation are you seeing some impact on remote collaboration right now do you have like specific anecdotes that have just emerged in the last couple of weeks or is it still not yet reached your ears oh man it's crazy (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like exponentially growing and and th- see this is something that would have happened no matter what 
sooner or later, but over time, over time, exactly. You know, and now you, when you force something, people have the time to research and see and try and stuff. And for us, like in this space, like that's all we wanted was to, for people to try it. And it's like, oh, I don't have five minutes now, maybe tomorrow, you know, but now it's like, oh, I got, I got an hour. Let's see what this can do. So that's the difference. And that's all yeah. you need. You need that like kind of boot for people to really try this. And I think no matter what, after this time, nothing's going to be the same in this. You know, people are going to continue yeah. this and really rethink the way business is done. Yeah, that's what's so interesting is it's like we started at the beginning of the conversation saying, what opportunities do you look for with this free time? What are you doing that you've taken for granted? How are you changing things up with this just worldwide shift in time, in space, where you can be being, I mean, for, for those of us who aren't in, in densely populated cities, it feels like we're locked in. And yet most of that locking in is in your head. <laughs> And so it really forces <laughs> right? you to shift yeah. how you're thinking, you know, in your head more than anything else. Yeah. And so you're actually seeing an increase in uh, traction and use of sound whale right now. Oh, yeah, man. It's been it's been exponential. Like the last three, four weeks has been most of the user base. I mean, wow. it's been crazy. Yeah. And and it's really great for for companies that are in doing remote collaboration, because I mean, I think I could speak for most people that we're really getting a lot of feedback and really, you know, the, the longevity of a company, you, you, you grow and, you know, you, you get feedback, you try to develop features for people, but that takes time as, you know, just as we said, but this is just, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this by this, you know? So it's been crazy. Like we're, we're kind of shaping around like the post production, like ADR and things like that, where people just can't make it to a studio and what the most practical thing is, you know, there's education, you know, uh, streaming to multiple users and just so many opportunities um, that something like this can bring where you actually need to continue doing business and, and continuing to learn and, and work. And it's just an incredible opportunity for, for us right now. Are you getting more calls from... Uh... Are you getting more calls from companies that you'd been hoping would would connect that that <laughs> have some significant presence in the market? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's the thing. We we've done a lot of trade shows, so we have a lot of contacts and met a lot of people and I think pretty much every single one of them that I met in the last year has contacted me. <laughs> so, it's it's <laughs> insane, man. It's like, hey, we need this, this, and this yesterday. <laughs> are there traditional studio engineers and producers that are finding it hard to step out of their normal workflow to try the new new way of doing things? Or they're more like, oh, thank God this is here and you built this. I mean, you mean now yeah, or generally? right now. Now, oh, pe no, there's no choice. Man. <laughs> People are like, you, you, how do you use this? You know, what do you do? And and there's like a, I, I'm developing like a lot of quick start guides for different types of users oh, yeah. right now, <laughs> just just for that purpose because it's like you know people people want to do it and people want to try because there's no other way. So are you offering surge pricing as demand goes up, <laughs> like Uber? <laughs> oh my god. No, I mean, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy, like that kind of thing. But no, I mean, I, I just hope most people will get the free version and just see if how it works for them and just kind of learn from that. And, you know, the, the philosophy was to make it free for musicians mm -hmm. um, to work together and stuff. So that's, you know. I just yeah, want yeah. people to use That's it. That's cool. Really. So broadening out a little bit, uh, I feel like even before this crisis, just in the last year, I've seen quite the emergence of apps 
really mobile apps that are maybe musical instruments or collaboration tools or some combination of those. What are you tracking there? What do you think about that emergence? I mean, it's obvious that the price is coming down to be able to build that stuff. The access to tools to to get that stuff to market is is just a lot quicker. And it's creating a class of people who are musical, but not musicians who are now creating stuff, collaborating. You know, it's like breaking down walls about what is music and what is social media and how do you make a musical social media, things like that. I'm curious if you've got thoughts on that, if you've seen some stuff emerge that you're excited about, concerned about, uh, and so forth. I mean, there, there's a whole slew of things out there. Some you can actually tell that weren't made by people in the field, you know, Mm -hmm. that they don't work so good. But the other things like you'll, you'll see companies come out that have really good social media and that include really good, uh, MIDI instruments also like, you know, I mean, we've been, uh, I've been like a band lab user, Soundtrap, you know, that kind of thing. It's really cool stuff and it really works well. And you can actually make pretty good sounding music and they're just getting better and better by increasing the quality and their line of instruments and things like that. Um, Even mobile, like Audio Bridge is really awesome. I know Matt and their philosophy is kind of similar to ours in the sense that, okay, we already know the people we're working with and like the, I don't know if you're familiar with that app, but they have uh, it's for bands that want to continue writing music or writing music completely from start to finish on a mobile app. And you can actually record files, trade files instantly and stuff like that, which is really right. cool. You don't need to have like that real time communication all the time. You can actually just do something really fast and then, you know, add to that same spot, like new tracks and things like that. Um, I downloaded this app. Uh, Endless oh yeah, today. we just did an episode <laughs> cool. with Have you seen Tim that? Exile. Yeah, he was on the show just a couple days ago. Yeah, that's it's fun. It's awesome. Like that's really cool, man. Like I yeah. I love toys like that and and things that you can actually create something that sounds really good, but it still feels like a lot of fun to play that kind of a thing. So um, yeah. But yeah, as far as the emergence of this stuff, there's so many things, and I love it. I think we're all gonna push each other and and create this whole thing where we have the option to do everything remotely and it's going to be super good quality and just as good as you would if you're in the same room. I mean, I still think people yeah. should meet face to face, but you know, a lot of schedules and a lot of things don't let us do that. Like, like this scenario. Um, well, I mean, so it's so interesting because right now we're dealing with a crisis that makes it impossible, but then you also have this other pattern of music being more global than ever because we have access to everybody and you now have collaborators finding each other and working together from across oceans and not, never actually meeting the, each other in person, but somehow there's some some aesthetic or musical or cultural synergy and it's just a matter of time before people find each other. And as a result, I mean, I'm always I'm a huge fan of the innovators dilemma, the Clayton Christensen stuff about technology and innovation. And he did a follow up book called The Innovators DNA, which talks about the characteristics that lead to innovation. And the main one is putting seemingly unrelated um, ideas together. That's where you get new ideas. You take two things that are from different fields or different places, you put them side by side, and that's where most innovation springs from. And if you have this concept of remote collaboration and you have these tools to expedite that, to get more ideas from one person to another person, more people to collaborate from further away with different ideas, isolated studios, laboratories of, of, of musical ideas or creativity or whatever, all of a sudden you get 
new ideas. And so the, the, the potential not only for when you're in a crisis that, a lot, that, that forces a lockdown, which is an interesting creative limitation that, that creates, a, you know, it pushes you towards more creativity. Uh, but even without that, just the concept that you can now expose yourself to all these other ideas that will lead to more creativity as you combine them is super exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's exponential, man. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like a spawn from a spawn and, and that kind of thing. Like it, there's no end to it. Um, and I, I like to mix things up, you know, like you, yes, you want to put, you, you want to put really like things that don't go well, even with people, man. Sometimes I want to see how people react. If you invite like two people that hate each other to a party or something, <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you want to see what happens. And sometimes <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. That's true. Yeah. So um, we're going to wrap up here, but what do you suggest listeners do if they want to take their next step in remote collaboration, uh, whether it's with Soundwhale or just mm -hmm. more generally? What, what are your thoughts yeah. on that as we wrap things up? I mean, there's so many things in the market now, too. And I think people just need to do their homework and research and see what it is that works for them and really just find a goal that you have. You know, if you're in a band or if you're doing like a post-production mix or anything in between, just see what's out there for your for your needs. I mean, just do the homework, read the manuals, you know, see what everybody has to offer and have fun. You know, that's yeah. that's something like you can't take it to, you know, you have to try different things and see. And uh, I think like being really creative now is really easy to do. So I think working together and and, and finding a way to do that is going to be really uh, a good time to do it now. Awesome. I've been talking with Amin Abdullah, CEO and founder of Sound Whale. That's sound, W-H-A-L-E dot com, right, Amin? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Amin, thanks so much for taking the time. I wish you uh, a safe journey through this moment in time and uh, looking forward to running into you at one of these music industry conferences when we're allowed to go back to them again. Until that, we'll just have to keep uh, collaborating remotely. Yeah. Right. Thank you for having me. Dimitri. All right. That was fun. Take care. And thank you for listening to Music Tectonics. Uh, if you've liked what you've heard, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and come to musictectonics.com. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. We're doing weekly webs days. That is every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in the month of April and maybe beyond. We're doing online meetups that you can participate in. So go to musictectonics.com and find that and sign up there and keep listening. We'll be back with more interesting episodes shortly about remote collaboration, live streaming, and what you can do with all that free time you have now that you're stuck at home. You're listening to Music Tectonics.